Man, yeah, you're right. I was out here messing up. Came in 2020, about $100 strong. I was hustling wrong, had it in me all along. Switched up my strategy. It's like, nah, let me stop playing with y'all. Y'all, you hit the voicemail of Taryn. I can't come to the phone right now. I'm about to record this new episode of The Miseducation of the People featuring Tiffany from the They Didn't Tell You podcast. And best believe we're talking about every single thing that we didn't know coming up. Let's go. Beats by Pete Samples. This education. Peace. Welcome to another episode of the Miseducation of the People, brought to you by the Real Talk Session Series. I'm your host, Taryn. Uh, hope y'all doing good out there, man. It's a rainy day, so y'all might hear uh, the storm in the background, but, you know, it's comforting, you know. Think of this like the quiet storm, soft and warm. <laughs> it's like nah, I, you know, you ain't, you ain't ready for me for to get on my radio stuff right now, you know. But uh, as usual, shout out to all the people out there, uh, especially right now, you know, all my people who collect the plastic shopping bags. It's a way of life in the black household. But remember, Target bags reign supreme. Shop rights trash, you know. I don't know about the other bags, but Target all day, bang. <laughs> But yeah, it, it's been a rough week for me. Um, been struggling with anger and rage. Uh, people have just been working my nerves, y'all. Um, and I just wish really that um, I can go back to being ignorant because it truly is bliss. Uh, when you're exposed to the beauty of experiences and information that opens your eyes and forces you to grow, it makes it hard to go back into old mindsets. Um, yeah, I wish I can go back to that. But uh People around me, the government with the lack of care, despite us paying a shit ton of taxes, we're going to get into that definitely because there's some stuff going on out here that's going to affect us. And I don't know if many people are aware, but um, I'm really working my best to not react with emotion and just to receive the message. We have a conscious decision on how we choose to react to things. I know a lot of people don't think that, but we really do have energy over it, you know. Necessarily, when you're going through something, combating negative energy with more negative energy is not a way to solve an issue. Um, A lot of people really dwell on the problem and not solution oriented to make sure that the problem doesn't occur. How can we fix the problem and whatnot, you know? And trust me, I'm not perfect at all. Um, it, It really took the ancestors to hold me back from verbally tearing people's heads off. But, you know, I'm working overtime to practice the approach of, you know, responding without emotion and ego because ego does not allow us to accept responsibility for our actions. Uh, but yeah, just trying to keep my peace and protect my boundaries. And you know, when you do that, sometimes people do not like that because they no longer can take advantage of you because you're standing up for yourself and you're protecting your peace and you're not allowing them to use you as a punching bag. So, you know, I know for me, when I respond with emotion, I don't really think logically, but when I slow down, and listen to what a person's saying and to truly understand and not to respond, then, you know, that, that really helps me out. And people don't realize that when you get flustered, you do not think straight. So think of it as like one of the snow globes, you know, got whatever's in the middle, but when you shake it up, you got the little white pieces of snow that makes whatever's in there hard to see. So think of the white pieces of snow, whatever that is, cause I don't know what it is, honestly. Uh, think of that as emotions and outside noise, things that you do not control. And once you let that snow globe calm down, you're able to get a clear picture of what's in there. 
So when you're flustered, it's that same exact thing. Your mind's on a thousand. But when you slow down, you know, it helps you out to really understand what is going on. So I just want to provide a tip of advice because, you know, like I said, this is a personal and professional development tool, this podcast. But we also get to the fuck shit. But, you know, I always want to throw in um, something that you can leave with uh, with every episode to make sure, you know, we good. So for my people who do not like conflict or react with emotions or aren't used to being communicated with in a clear, effective and mature manner. And when it occurs, you take that as an attack. Here's a tip, right? Truly tune into the conversation. Don't be in your mind thinking about that fire snapback. I know how y'all do. The petty in me loves a fire snapback, but you know, it's not really conducive to solving the issue. Uh, Take a deep breath. Take about three seconds to respond and think about if the response that you're going to say is going to positively contribute to the conversation. If it is not going to do that, then highly reconsider saying what you're going to say or even take a little bit of time to calm down, let your mind declutter and then come back to the conversation. Of course, don't let it dwell for days on end, but take time for it um, because you have to be able to take accountability for your actions and Contrary to popular belief, letting time pass and hoping that people forget what happened is not a substitute for apologizing for your actions. In fact, doing that is actually emotional and mental abuse. So if you know you did some fuck shit, go ahead and apologize. Yeah, but um, for me, it's, it's, it's been tough, really. Um, but, you know, really just trying to remember practicing what I preach And FYI, I do have over 20 years of conflict resolution and mediation experience. So I kind of know what I'm talking about when it comes to this stuff. But if I'm saying something incorrect or if I'm providing inaccurate information as usual, please feel free to correct me. And I will make that correction live on the podcast next time. So email info at realtalksessionseries.org. All right. um, So just a little tip on like what I've been doing, really, because it's it's been rough. healing from mental health or stuff in general it's not linear it's ups and downs really so for me i I lived by the beach all my life but i never really took advantage of it so i'm recommend to everybody where you are rediscover where you live truly um we can't go nowhere (laughs) we can't go to no vacation uh no, no vacation spots i mean you could but yeah um people got me out here feeling like i'm crazy for actually following quarantine but you know do what you got to do. No judgment on my part at all. You know, you got to do what's right for you and for your mental state. Cause I know some people can't stay in the house, but, um, for me, I had to think of an alternative cause what I was doing was not working at all. Um, and when I say rediscover where you live, I said that I live by the beach. So for me, uh, I never really appreciated. So what I do now, or what I'm going to start doing more is going to the beach at 4am. Um, I actually like waking up early. It helps me out. But with that, I'm able to work out, meditate, get some sun in. You know, that vitamin D is crucial to your happiness. You know, it provides the happy hormones. So when it's wintertime, when people are sad, it's because there's a lack of vitamin D. Um, So get out there in the sun, y'all. Do a little journaling out there on the beach. I read. And of course, you got to take a nap. Uh, And that's really helped me to really get back into a routine of waking up early because I do enjoy that time. It allows me to slowly get into the day. And also build in some time for myself to really just woosah, you know, and get ready for the fuck shit of the world. So that's my little tip. Rediscover where you live and take time to actually respond on whatever you're facing with a conflict. 
Now, on to this bullshit government that we live in this country. I, I really want to move out of here because, yeah, the future is not looking good at all. But I don't know if you heard, but our post office is under attack right now. Um, so there is a new postmaster general, a.k.a. the person at the very top that controls all of the decisions, who was recently appointed by Trump and is a heavy donor to Trump. So that conflict of interest right there, right? And with quarantine due to COVID, we're all not going to be able to physically report to the voting booths to have our voices heard. So we'll have to resort to mail-in votes. We already have been doing this in the form of absentee ballots, but all of this is done through our post office. And if you're not aware of what's going on right now with the changes, there has been a delay in mail and also there have been new policies put in place that has messed up the efficiency and effectiveness of the current system that has been in place. And mind you, Louis DeJoy, the postmaster general, he has no experience in running a post office. So it's intentionally being destroyed. Mail deliverings are being delayed greatly. And FYI, the post office is the only organization in this country that is public and free to us to utilize. So UPS, if you send anything with them, um, you know, there's a charge. That's a privatized service. FedEx, that's a privatized. But the post office is supposed to be a service provided by our government. They are the only ones that are able to deliver to remote areas of the country that UPS or FedEx refuses to actually go out there. So for some people, it is the lifeline. Some people really rely on post offices, especially small businesses who do not have the extra funds to afford a privatized service such as UPS or FedEx or something like that. So it's really going on under our noses and you really need to be paying attention to it because it's going to affect us come time election day. And these Republicans, even though I don't subscribe to the two party systems, they're notorious for cheating and using whatever methods they have to do in order to come out on top. So be aware of what's going on with your post office. Um, another thing that's going on with the government, TikTok is being targeted. TikTok, of all things. We got other issues to worry about, but your man Trump is worried about TikTok. Uh, I'm not even going to really go into that more, but like, yeah, he, he's on some fuck shit. But the kids, they're using TikTok to really you know, do their virtual uh, activism against Trump, which I love. Uh, if y'all haven't heard his uh, campaign rally in um, Omaha, I believe, the kids, they funny as hell, right? So they organized on TikTok and they registered for the rally, which is free. And Trump thought he had millions of people, but it was really these kids who were trolling him and had no intention to actually go in there. So, you know, that's another method they've been using. And another thing I've been seeing recently on TikTok is that Trump has all of these items. If you sign up for his mail list or something, whatever support list bullshit it is, you're not contributing any money, but he'll send you a box of items and kids are doing this. Uh, someone requested 30 boxes and then they said they're going to go ahead and have a, a bonfire. So your man Trump is, you know, he, he's a narcissist. He loves himself. He likes to see himself in a good manner, even though there's nothing out there. So he'll even create that picture in his mind. But yeah, that that's wild. And another thing really, um, that's really been working my nerves about this government and just where we live at in general, where we're in this together. However, we do have a very individual mindset. We don't think about the community as a whole. 
So with everything going on with the pandemic, people have not been able to work. People have not been able to afford rent. But we have people being evicted now because in this country alone, people owe 21.5 billion. That's what a B in back taxes. This is according to Black Enterprise. People are starting to get evicted. Where are these people going to go? A lot of us right now, even we're one or two checks away from being homeless and the American savings is reportedly, I believe on average, people have less than a G in the bank account, right? Please correct me if I'm wrong, but just look at what's going on right now. 21.5 billion in back rent and people being evicted. That's not alarming to anybody at all. Like th this shit is ridiculous and there's no, no bailout by the government but they're giving big companies the money that we pay our taxes for towards them but the taxes that we contribute have a big chunk of our check taken out of we get no help so fuck them and my last thing because um this is really isn't a current event pop culture thing but like i said my my heart and mind have been heavy this past week really so I don't know if anyone has heard of this story that came out of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Uh, of course, there is a white terrorist, um, Adam Zabrowski, whatever the hell you say his name, I don't really care, 35 years old. He went into a cigar shop without a mask and when confronted about it, he angrily refused, stole two cigars, stormed out, and then shot his pistol once in the air and twice at the clerk when he went outside to confront him about it. The very next day, police reported to his home and had a shootout with the police. This is Adam shooting out at the police. He had an AK-47 and a semi-automatic handgun. The cops just shot him in the ass and a leg. He was not killed and he was given medical treatment. Really? All the innocent black people, the thousand black people who have been getting killed for the simplest nonviolent shit and then all this stuff going on. And the best part of it is that his lawyer claims... He just wasn't dealing with the loss of his job, the loss of his child, and just not handling the pandemic well. I think he was getting stressed too tight. Fuck out of here. Black people being stressed too tight for decades, for centuries, and we're not out here killing people, but we're being killed for simply existing, simply sleeping, simply supposedly giving out a counterfeit $20 bill, which was real. We're not stealing, but you know. America. Um, but more on that uh, incident in the show notes. So enough of the sad shit, enough of the bullshit. We're going to get into today's episode with Tiffany from the They Didn't Tell You podcast. All right. What's going on, Tiff? How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Definitely appreciate you coming on to the miseducation of the people. You know, I've been talking about it for a minute, but it's finally yes. here. Mm -hmm. So and you definitely were one of the people I had in mind, particularly because of your podcast that you have. Um, the theme for me that within the past three years has been really understanding what I didn't know when I was coming up. And coincidentally, your podcast call is called They Didn't Know. They didn't tell you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I mean, so like I, I like that. You know, I was thinking about this podcast like months in advance. So, you know, when I saw that, I'm like, all right, this affirmation, you're doing your thing, and you know, it's a much needed thing. So can you just tell the people who you are and more about your podcast? All right. And just bear with my she background. Got the I got the sirens out there. Yeah. <laughs> they shoot I, live, <laughs> I live next to a hospital. And let me tell you something. This weekend before the July, it's been nonstop. It's really mm. been nonstop with the with the firefighters and, and all that fire trucks and everything. But hello, everyone. My name is 
Tiffany. I am the host of They Didn't Tell You podcast. It's a podcast I created last summer in August. Season one is is come to a close, but I've just recently started season two. All right. Uh, new episodes drop every Friday, um, Lord willing, because I, I go by the mindset of if I feel it, I do it. If I don't, I won't. And so I, I kind of I, I give myself liberty and grace in that way because I put a lot of pressure on myself in the beginning. And so my podcast is really a, a, about my growth as a person. And every time people mm. listen to the podcast, they tell me with every single episode, they feel they see and hear growth. And for me, that's what I wanted. I wanted to grow personally. I wanted other people to grow personally as well and spiritual and spiritually and connect to the things that I'm talking about, things that I'm saying. And so mm. There's a lot of podcasts out here about a myriad of things. And there's also a lot of podcasts out here about anything and everything, which is what yeah. I wanted my podcast to be about, anything and everything. But I wanted to center it and focus it on us, Black people specifically. And then, you know, of course, people of color as well. So it was important to me that I make sure I tailor my conversations to things that Black women, because I'm... I'm a black woman would sit here and be like, sis, yes. Something that black men would say, you know what? Um, I may not always listen to my sister or my mom or my significant yeah. other, or if they're in a, a, a relationship in that way. But the woman, I don't really listen to my partner like that. But you know what? I'm hearing somebody who's neutral, someone who um, doesn't know everything about me. And maybe I can resonate with that. Because I feel like sometimes we need to hear, when we hear information, we hear it differently. When we hear mm -hmm. from someone that doesn't know us or someone we feel like won't be biased. So Very true. My, my goal is to is to do that, give people, folks an unbiased opinion, but basically mine. And, and there may be some biases in it because we all have them. We all yeah. have them. And so I like to, to talk to people and, and hear what their feedback is and, and kind of have these conversations in DMs and comment sections. And so, um, you know, my podcast recently, I'm, I'm looking into to doing more networking with other podcasts. So I made it, I never really spoke about it, but who I follow on my podcast page is done intentionally. The majority mm. of people that I follow are podcasts, number one, and secondly, podcasts by people of color. I wanted to, I know there's pages out there that say, hey, you know, here's Top Black Podcast. There's a page like that. Shout out to them. Yeah. They put my podcast up there that kind of highlight black podcasters. Um, so right, I was like, you know what? Let me do it. You out. Yeah, right. Let me do it in my own way too. How can I? How can I be intentional? Because people get really funny about following people, and I'm like, I don't Definitely. understand when that's what social media is created for. For me to follow people, for me to learn from people. So if you check out who I'm following, you'll find a, a wealth of of the podcasts out here that can that can hopefully satisfy your, your taste and your desires and what you're looking for. So that's kind of what my podcast is about. Me personally, I like to try to be an open book as much as possible. I feel like uh, well, the reason why I created They Didn't Tell You and Named It is that is because there's just so many things that people really, sorry for my background again, y'all. There's just things people really, really just did not tell me. Conversations yeah. I really did not have that I've been really wanting to have and desiring to have with people. And I say, you know, a lot of it, I had to deal with me do with me, of course, he's going to pull up next to me. <laughs> a lot of it had to deal <laughs> with me dealing with myself and me kind of like saying, all right, Tiff, you know what? Here's what you need to do. Here's how you got to focus. If you want to, if you, if X, Y, and Z is your goal, you need to do ABC first before you get to the end of the alphabet. So mm -hmm. that's my little yeah. And that's one thing like that you pointed out was the fact of exposure. You know, um, people don't listen to the opinions and conversations of people that they actually know but when it comes from someone outside that's not in a kind of an intimate format then they listen to it you know um that's one thing that I didn't have was exposure to certain things you know and um 
and sometimes even when you're not exposed, you're not privy to being in those spaces, those conversations. Cause I know you had some episodes where, you know, you had like the girls nights and all that stuff. And, you know, as fellas, we don't really, when we talk to women, we don't get that perspective of y'all. We don't mm-hmm. get that, that side of y'all, but when y'all with your girls, when y'all in element and all that stuff, it's a different conversation. It's a different vibe. Exactly. So, you know, the fact that the fellas are able to come there and be exposed to that type of conversation and that perspective that we don't get, that's, that's important. And one thing too, I like that you pointed out was that the podcast comes out on your time. I mean, because a lot of creatives, they get yes. so caught up in, oh, I have to have it out every week, every week, every week. Mm-hmm. Nah, you don't have to. You know, you've been, uh, as long as you are consistently mm-hmm. putting something out, not like one episode a month, but more so if you're doing it um, on a more consistent basis, you know, that that's what matters. You know, it's about the quality, not uh, quantity, really. So, you know, that's one thing. If I can give anybody that is in the creative field, do not feel stressed out and put all these self-imposed deadlines on yourself because, you know, uh, it can cause uh, unnecessary anxiety, but at the same time, you got to have that discipline to get the work out there. You know, don't just be talking about it, actually get to action and do it, you know? So, um, definitely. So let's let's get into the shit, you know? Okay. So today I want to really... center the conversation around your, your, the theme of your podcast, you know, they okay. didn't tell it. So, you know, what they didn't, what we didn't know, this is what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, I got a couple of different areas I'm gonna hit you with really, but the first one is being black, right? Mm. So for me, I came from um, a, a large, I come from a large family and we look like the United Nations out this motherfucker. So we got a family reunion every single year, 300 people plus kind of mad we can't have it this year it's all good but when you go there it's a ton of black people it's some white people it's some um latinx community people and i mean we had some bloods and crips and latin kings in there in one year oh gang gang crazy. all right so it, you yeah. know what melting pot i'm here for it i'm exactly we here but at the, at the same time though you know that history of being black um we weren't taught that um within the family um and especially within the school system. Cause like I went to uh, a, a predominantly white school at an early age. And of course we celebrated Cl- Christopher Columbus Thanksgiving and all that mm-hmm. bullshit. Mm-hmm. And you know, I didn't really, I, I honestly, I thought Abraham Lincoln was a shit cause he freed the slaves. That's Listen. What the- <laughs> and Listen. then when I grew up, <laughs> I found out some other shit. Right. So my birth of being black really started when I went to a HBCU to work. Um, shout out to Morgan State University all day. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, that, that opened my eyes because prior to that, I never saw students organize and protest on campus. That was new. I'm like, oh, that's dope. I like that. I didn't see that that sense of black pride. So that kind of opened my, my eyes to it, right? That was like 2010 to 2014. But then 2015, when um what's the gentleman who uh was selling cigarettes. I, I I forgot his name. Eric Garner. Yes, Eric Garner. That's really what opened my eyes and said, like, yo, shit is real. Something as basic as that, you know, uh, being killed over cigarettes. And then um, when I came to work that next day, I'm like, it was all sunshine and flowers for all these white people. And then my students didn't even know what was going on. I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, is that real out here? And they suppressed the blackness, but that kind of woke me up. You know, and ever since then, I've been black as hell and talking this shit about these white people. So, fuck yeah, but, you know, it's all good. <laughs> so, um, I mean that in a loving way, of course. Of um, course, of course. I'm not talking about my non-melanated people. We're talking about the white people. You know, go back to episode one where I'm breaking down the difference between 
being white and non-melanated. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's where we at. So what was your process of becoming the black Tiffany? Like you've been Ooh. black by skin, but you know, like really getting into the blackness. I mean, oh, that's a really interesting question. Um, in undergrad, I made I double majored sociology and Africana studies. And you know, when you, when you're an undergrad and Taryn, Taryn and I went to college together. So, you know, sometimes you think the Africana studies major is going to be easy. And you think like those, those are the easy classes. I know me, I'm black. So, you know, I can know, I know what I'm talking about. And then when I took the classes, I was like, oh no, this is hard. (laughs) This is actually, (laughs) actually a little hard. And, um, I'm not, maybe I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm not as comfortable with self as I thought. And let me even go further back. My mom is Guyanese. My father is a Black American. And so I've grown up around a different kind of culture. My upbringing was just a little bit different. Yeah, them dynamics. Yeah, them dynamics was a little bit different. And and even how my parents parent, how my mom grew up in Guyana versus how my dad grew up in America and then kind of them coming together to raise us. it It was a clash for both of them culturally. And then now being parents for the first time, it's like, okay, I'm adding something on. I was a test dummy. And so for me, I always knew that Cause you're the oldest, right? Yeah, I'm the oldest. Yeah, so gotcha. I always knew I was black, but I, I went even growing up as a kid when people heard my mom's accent because it wasn't a thing to be. It wasn't like popular to be non-black. Man, I, I, I want to cut you off right there because <laughs> especially like being a young kid not knowing better. Like mm-hmm. I remember, you know, making fun of people from the smallest little shit, like the African booty scratcher bullshit. Ooh, like that was foul. Child. Like making Child. fun of Haitian people and all that shit. Like we didn't know any better, and that's that's that. Going with the theme of what you're talking about, you know, we didn't know. We weren't taught about that, you know. But uh, luckily, we grew up and we realized how, you know, all the varieties of blackness is beautiful no matter what. So, you know, I'm glad we had that growth. But, yeah, shit was real back in, like, what was it, like, the 90s, to early 2000s and all that? Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. We know. Kids are, kids are horrendous. And I, yep. they used to, you know, they used to make me feel crazy easy as a kid because my mother's accent and I got a lot of the African booty scratches. I never forget someone told me that Guyana was in Africa. I was like, no, it's not. It's in South America. Yeah, I, had this, I had this fear, right, of being seen as African because being seen as African meant something bad. I don't know as a kid mm-hmm. what it meant. I just knew it wasn't a good thing. And I knew that yeah. all the kids around me who were all, who parent, whose parents were Black Americans, they too, um, they, not that they made them think anything or do anything, but I understood that's not, that's not their their upbringing. And there was mm-hmm. a girl, it's, it's crazy, the girl who told me that my mother was from Africa and Guyana was an African um, country. Her mother was Jamaican. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, I'm like, girl, your mother is West Indian. She's Caribbean. How could you even like, what's good with you? Because she always, she's like, no, you're saying Ghana. You don't mean Guyana. And I'm like, you know the, what it the was level that we were informed in it was a while oh it's because it's hard because when you think of south america you think brazil you think of mm-hmm. spanish-speaking countries and so the first question was always does your mom speak spanish and i'm like no and then it made me think why do y'all think that and i was like okay so south america there's a lot of places in south america that do speak you know of a latin tongue but people don't even know guyana's right here and it's, it was ruled by britain so they speak yeah. english no one really knows, but this is nestled and it's, it's a part of the Caribbean community. So for me, I kind of was always connected to the, my Guyanese roots, so soca music, reggae music. I knew that was music that was that was I grew up on, um, but I still didn't feel that sense of pride in even being Guyanese because people, my peers didn't make me feel like that was a popular thing to do. I never yeah. forget my mom told me that um, my brother, when he was younger, told her like, "Don't talk, don't mm. talk, don't talk," and he was young. My mom said, you know, it hurt her feelings because she was like, oh, my God. And so it kind of 
we've grown out of that, obviously. We've really, and there's now that now it's kind of like almost fetishized. Fetishized? My list won't allow me to say that word. But <laughs> That's all know, good. My list won't let me do it, but I hope y'all know what I'm saying. <laughs> but it's become like, you know, Caribbean women and African women. It's all, they're almost like it's a fetish now. To, yeah, to, that whole exotic thing. Yeah, now, now, now we're exotic and it's like, but we, yeah. know, we are just who we are and, and our backgrounds are different. And that yeah. is what we should celebrate. So when I got to college, I thought, okay, let me do Africana studies and then when I finished the program, I still didn't feel like really connected to mm. black people and to myself, especially because, you know, too growing up, I had a lot of folks always try to tell you, you know, you don't sound black. Where are you from? You, you from Trenton? You sure you from Trenton? What part of Trenton you from? West Trenton? Really? We're out in West Trenton. Oh, that's where you from? Oh, so you live with the white people. Oh, so you white. I'm like, wow. but, bitch, but bitch, I'm I'm black. And I've had to battle that in my teenage years. And those are very formative years of my life too. And having yeah. to deal with uh, hearing other black people tell me that I wasn't black, it was like, damn, what do you like? What do you? What does that mean about me? Now I'm kind of nervous and, and shook to be around certain black people. Now I'm kind of like, I don't want to offend nobody because just yeah. the way I, I, the way I speak, it can come off offensive. So I had to do a lot mm. of. I had a friend, um, one of my great friends from Trenton, hey Jahara girl, I love you. She really put me on. She really put me on game. She she helped me realize that you know not that I was ignorant on purpose. I was just ignorant by way of never having certain experiences. And so I, she yeah. in, introduced me to another, you know, type of black people because we're, you know, we're multifaceted. Um, and mm-hmm. so it was interesting to see different types of black people. And I'm like, oh man, I've never interacted with this kind of black person. I've never been on the boulevard before if, if it wasn't for her. I've never been here before. I never talked, you know, so I just yeah. kind of was like, wow. That exposure actually, definitely was key to your development. It was, man, it was so key. And, and that made me realize like people pass so much judgment on people from certain neighborhoods because people talk a certain kind of way because people, yeah. you know, their education may not be at our level or their English or their, their language, but the people know how to communicate and you just mm-hmm. got to be willing to, to, to transition your mind as much as people have to t- transition their minds to hear a black girl talk in a way that, that was a little foreign to them. I had to do the same thing too. And I had to demand respect as well in certain yeah. spaces without being disrespectful, without being rude. But it's like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm accepting you as you are. You got to accept me as I am. And that's kind of when I came into my blackness. It was like, this is who I am. This is who I've been raised to be. And I can't let other people, no matter who they are, um, no matter how weird they feel about the words that come out of my mouth and how I pronounce things or how I uh, express myself, I can't let that determine who Tiffany is as a black woman. And so when I got to my college now that I'm at, I thought to myself, you know, I love, I always work with student, black student organizations. I make it a point to do so on purpose. And, and I was able to teach a class um, two semesters ago, spring 2018, called Africana Male and Female Relationships. And oh. that class really just like, it, it just said, Tiffany, you are here. Like, you right, professor. Right, Professor Tiff was in the building. And I really was like, what do I have to teach people? I'm, I don't even feel sometimes like I'm that black. And then I had to stop yeah. myself like, sis, that's the problem right there. You can't do that. You can't come into this classroom bringing that kind of energy. Mm. You got to come standing you, in your own. kind of hit on something too, like the imposter syndrome right there. Because for me, I had a mm. lot of that definitely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's one of the biggest things too I've learned over the, the most recent years is that, you know, I was always conditioned to, with the mindset of do hard work, but we weren't taught to work hard strategically. So I end up Amen. getting burnt out because of everything with that. But de- definitely kudos to you, though, because we need people in those spaces of Black ac- academics 
uh, because we got a lot of people out here doing that Tom Coonery, aka that Terry Crews in out here. Come on, guys. White is king too. Yeah. Listen, you know the the the, yeah. the coalition yeah. would like to trade Terry Crews for just about anybody. Get him the fuck out of here, definitely. You black supremacy need to cut it out. Oh, cool ass. That's why <laughs> your body ain't nice like mine. <laughs> Listen, say that. Or my dad. Yeah. But we definitely need more authentically black mm-hmm. people who aren't mm-hmm. afraid to shake shit up because mm-hmm. what we've been doing all these years in education is not working at all. I mean, so uh, we actually kind of hit on the education piece a little bit, so I'm going to skip that. But um, I want to move on to something that ties into all that uh, emotional yeah. intelligence, right? Mm. So um, you, you spoke about having that, uh, not, not having the confidence, confidence in your abilities. Um, however, you know, for me, I saw that I liked emotional intelligence for many, 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 many years. And you knew I was out here on some, some, some fuck shit. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad to say that I am a reformed fuck boy. I have uh, changed my ways. I'm doing better, you know. Um, uh, action over words, that's the big thing for me. But one of the biggest things that I realized going through, the, through my, all my stuff was um, that I had false confidence for all these years, you know. And when it comes to emotional intelligence, let me break it down to people because some people don't understand what self. So, uh, I mean, do. this um, is my favorite thing to do. Break it down. Emotional please. intelligence, yeah. right? Please. So emotional intelligence uh, is composed of four pillars, right? So self awareness. So that means that the ability to know yourself and understand your feelings. Uh, that's self confidence. Also, having faith in yourself, being willing to put yourself forward. Uh, second pillar: uh, self management. So. Uh, controlling your feelings and expressing them in an appropriate way that's not damaging others. Um, being transparent, being honest, open, uh, being optimistic, having a positive outlook. Um, that's a part of self-management, social awareness. So empathy, that's something that I lacked heavy and mad people lack empathy. They don't have the ability to put themselves into the shoes of other people to understand what they're, mm-hmm. what they're going through. Mm-hmm. They only have their one set perspective from their eyes and they're not able to really um, put themselves into a different way of thinking, you know? Um, so social awareness also includes uh, service orient- orientation. So pretty much, you know, being helpful, being contributing to community group efforts, et cetera, um, and also good listening skills. One thing, that's one thing I realized too coming up was that I always listen to respond and not to understand. I mean, I was always thinking about that clap back. And that's when, a word. You know, argument and all that stuff. And, you know, when you lack emotional intelligence, that's what happens. In the very last uh, pillar of emotional intelligence, before I get too much, um, relationship management. So pretty much learning how to interact with other people. Um, if you're a leader, you got to use those skills in order to build your team up to be a good role model. Um, when it comes to conflict management, having the skills to improve relationships, negotiation, and lead. Um, that's an area I got to work on because I'm horrible with keeping in touch with my people. But even if I don't talk to you, we still good. I got your back no matter what. It's always all love. But a brother out here is fucking stressed and trying to get this money. So, you know, Say I love that. y'all, but we're going to make it happen. But yeah, so with emotional intelligence, um, for me, I had to go through everything to realize what that was. So um, shout out to my homegirl, Janet. She bought me this book called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. It comes with a test and it tells you the different levels of where you're at. So you can work on those different things to bring up those different competency levels. And the book itself, you can read the, like probably like the first 20, 30 pages. And it gives you tips, advice, and techniques on how to improve in all these different areas. So you know, go ahead, cop that Emotional Intelligence 2.0. If you want to hook your brother up with a sponsorship, let me know. I got you. Hey. 
Hey, I wrote the book <laughs> but, there myself. Uh, yeah, yes, yes. So definitely make sure you go ahead and read that. But definitely emotional intelligence is key. Um, it doesn't only help you out in your uh, personal life, but it helps you out in your professional life too. Um, Say that. Yes, yes. So I had to actually learn the hard way. And I mean, um, going through depression, dealing with suicidal ideation, I kind of had that ego death. Mm -hmm. And life put that mirror to me to realize, yo, you got to get your emotional intelligence up, get your self-awareness up. And ever since I did that, you know, I actually was able to build real confidence in myself and in my abilities. That's why y'all seeing me in front of these cameras and all this shit on in front and behind these microphones, all that stuff. So, you know, that was my process to get there. But for 25 plus years, Nah, that wasn't there. So what, what was your process of becoming emotionally intelligent? You know, I have always been a sensitive person. Um, I've always been, I don't know, I've always been in my bag. Maybe, mm. and sometimes maybe a little too sensitive. I've always felt people's emotions. I've always been very- Wait, what's sensitive. your sign? I'm a Virgo. Uh, I think I know a little about y'all. I think I'm a, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've always, I always, I always try to find a way to like, before I do something, I try my hardest to think about how would this person react to it? Who am I talking to? Mm. Um, and how am I talking to people? Because I know some folks don't think that way immediately. Their first thought is just to say whatever I need to say and get off my chest because I said what I said. And, and, and the parts of me have gotten that way too. But mm. other parts of me are like, you know what? I need to start exercising the exact thing I want to receive. And if I want to receive people and I want people to start behaving towards me and treat me with like they have some emotional intelligence, I have to then show them because some people don't know how to do it. Some people yeah. just don't want to do it. And so mm-hmm. for me, it's kind of like I've always, you can ask anybody, my family, my friends, I've always been the type of person that's just been a little bit more emotional, a little bit more in tune with people, kind of yeah. watchful. And so it, I think I'm so connected at times that I be catching things that people don't see. And sometimes people catch things with me too. Too, but I be catching things and people are like, how do you know this person was this? And how you know this person was that? It's, it's a zoo. I, I don't know what's going on over here today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I really used my, my, I guess, my advising skills. That really helped me out, too. When I was working mm-hmm. at Willie P, it was one thing to go from a student to a, a support staff member. But then there was another when I decided to pick up an advisement role. And I got to deal with, you know, their drama in their clubs and organizations. And I'm like, whoa, was this me when I was yeah. a student? Now I got to change Man. my emotional my, yeah, my tones. Gotta, I got to level up because I can't think on their level anymore. Maybe yeah. while I was just in that, their shoes last year, but I'm not anymore. So mm. who Tiffany needs to be? She needs to be somebody they can look up to. Somebody who's um, going to be neutral. Someone who's going to give them a perspective that is going to be useful for them. It's going to help them. It's going to elevate their life in some way, shape, or form. And so I used to tell people too, like, you got to be mindful of who you let into your space. You even got to be mindful of who you have yes. sex with intimately. All Yo, those things are that, important. The energy it's, is real. It's real. That, that's one thing I, I learned over, over the past couple of years too. Like I, I've been learning motherfucker the past three, Listen. four years. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But that energy definitely like breaking it down. There's so many different dynamics to that. Like people don't understand, even like this chakra stuff. I understand, you know, um, what's I'm calling even understanding the meaning behind feminine and masculine energy people associate it physically i mean only with physical but when you're thinking about spending time with people fellas y'all be spending a lot of time with people but that is actually feminine energy because you're building that connection but they don't want to hear that Mm -hmm. because they caught up in the societal norms and all that stuff but you know we're gonna talk about that later on down the line you know i can't give all my stuff out right now yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm reading a book and I mentioned on my podcast, I mentioned on several different uh, episodes too, but it's a book called Spirit Hacking. My therapist mm. recommended it to me. And 
a chapter in the book is called The Feminine Factor. And that's mm. the chapter where I left off as chapter two. And it basically talked about how men need to get back, tap into their femininity and into that yeah. feminine side. We, we have, women have masculine energy too. I think I bring a little bit of masculine energy into the workplace. Of, mm. I don't give a fuck. This is who I am. This is what you're going to get. So I don't know what you want me to tell you. Versus that feminine energy that was always trying to be accommodating. And so I think we don't realize yeah. how switching off and, and, and pushing and, and, and pulling some things and taking things away from one another is really going to be helpful. And Having yes, that balance. That it's, it's really a balance. And some men are so, I don't know, they're so lost that they don't realize that they're so unbalanced and they can't figure out why things aren't going the way they are, why they yeah. aren't going better or um, why their relationship is pretty stagnant or why they're not happy and dissatisfied. And they're quick to blame the significant other for not doing enough, but it's really because you're no shady, but you're mm-hmm. lacking. You really, really are lacking. And a lot of- She's talking of about young Taryn right now. Mm-hmm. Young Taryn. Hey, y'all, y'all really, and, and I'm talking about some 30-year-olds too. I'm talking about oh, some yeah. grown men as well. There's some, you know, mm-hmm. young, young, young ones too. But when you're young like that and you haven't done the work, you start, you turn to be a 30-year-old Taryn. Yep. That's the same Taryn from 16, the same one at 30. Same mm-hmm. one at 25, the same one at 33. Like you don't really, if you have never really sat down with yourself and been able to do the work. And I, sometimes I think too, people just don't have the capacity to do it. Yeah, Like you can try, try with, you know, my ex per se. I try to, you know, say, look, let's think about this. Or maybe you should start, start working on this. And let me try to help change your mindset a little bit and help you shift gears so that we can move to the, ne- to the next level. Because mm. what you're doing here, it's not helping. It's not helping me. It's not helping you. It's not helping our relationship. We just weren't connecting because that's just not where it was at for him. He couldn't, yeah. he couldn't get there. He didn't want to, he wanted feminine energy with respects to who he fucking. He didn't want feminine energy with regards to that ass. I could be honest about yeah. it. Um, he didn't want that feminine energy with regards to how I was going to help better our lives together. And I needed that. And so I found uh-huh. a new, I got a new relationship where my man has that feminine energy. That's what's we, up. Y'all, we, y'all we, out here, relationship goals and all that shit. Relationship I, goals, my J&B. My boy holding it down. You know what I mean? J&B. Hey, baby. Y'all out here. <laughs> But you know, I, I feel like, and sometimes people, I always, I don't mind talking about my past and my past relationships and things I've been through. That That's shit what made you. That yeah. happened to me. And I tell people too, like if you, if somebody got an attitude or a problem with me bringing up my past or a thing, I don't try to name people. But when I mm. talk about this, you know, people know me, so they know who I'm talking about when I say my ex, you shouldn't have been in my life then. If you don't want to be a part of my life story, don't be in my life. And, mm-hmm. and if you in my life and you do me dirty, I'm going to tell you why you did me dirty. That shit's not, yep. I'm not lying. Every so, action has a consequence. Right, right. And so going back to emotional intelligence, I realized that even in my old relationship that I was being emotionally intelligent for everybody else but myself. Mm. I was being emotionally silly, emotionally dumb. And I was like, mm. yo, Tiff, you know, it's true what they say. You really be going out your way to do everything for everybody but yourself. And so once yeah. I got emotionally intelligent, I, I found David. Yeah. And, and one weird. thing too, real quick, real quick for the fellas, you know, because we, I'm, 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 I'm doing this to help y'all out because I was in the same boat before of, you know, just out here looking out for self and shit, right? So really look into the masculine and feminine energy, the actual meanings behind it, and I understand y'all, y'all looking at the outside, the shell of it, mm-hmm. but think of it this way, right? When you're working out, you don't just do push exercises; you got to balance it out with the pool. So, mm-hmm. you know, thinking yes, about it that way, Garrett. it's the balance. Now, I mean, so push and pull. So feminine, masculine. So same concept. Get your shit right. All right. And I think the most of the men who get that, you, you can you can feel it. It's what it's what when sometimes yeah. people are like, 
oh my God, people wonder, right? right I told somebody, people wonder why men and women do it too. When they're mm-hmm. in relationships, people, and if they're living their lives, you know, this is all imagery and what we see on social media, even when you're around them, you could pick up like something's different about this person. People who, people end up being attracted to them, of folks yeah. who are in relationships. And you find yourself like, damn, I know he got a girl, but there's something about him or damn, I know she got a man, but like she, she on a whole nother levels. It's because it's that energy, high vibrations. We, we both have become equally yoked. We found our yin to our yang. And now we're so balanced that it looks like, God damn, that looks good. But it, it was work. It takes yeah. work to get there. And if you're not willing to that work- That shit on, is hard. I ain't okay. gonna lie. You always Looking at be, the ugliest parts of yourself. Okay. Mm. You always gonna be sitting here longing for somebody who's not meant for you because you're not even willing to do the work for yourself. You want yeah. something that you can have. It's attainable, but you gotta do the work. Mm-hmm. No, definitely true. And that kind of like segues into now, you know, what didn't tell you about love life, right? So uh, we, 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 yeah, we briefly <laughs> talked, but niggas are single and I am niggas. Um, so with me, you know, it was more so just a, um, not on the same path anymore, uh, but still an amazing woman and all that stuff. But, you know, ultimately the universe has different lessons that it has to teach you and different mm-hmm. experiences have to occur in order for you to acquire that wisdom and knowledge. So, you mm-hmm. know, that's the way I look at it, you know, and I got some great things to learn how to become a better man and all that stuff. So, you know, and the great thing is that um, in the past, right, I always was like you were talking about earlier, not having that um, lacking emotional intelligence, pointing the other finger at the other person, all that shit. So it never was my fault, even though it was my fault, you know. Um, but for this one, mm-hmm. it's more so like, you know, being able to man up and understand, you know, the shortcomings and everything. But in the past, though. It was horrible. Like, one thing I really realized was that coming from my family, we were taught to survive, not thrive, right? So we were only focused on working, working, working. Mm -hmm. We never talked about the emotional stuff. We never talked about how relationships worked and all that stuff. So because of that, I had to learn about relationships from my peers. I had to learn from uh, the media, from music. Like, I, we grew up in the big Pippin uh, society, you know what I mean? Yes, we did. Like, it, it was, it was a, a amazing video visually, but the message behind it was so fucked up, you know? You know? So, like, having that yeah. young, naive mindset, you know, that can really mess you up. Because, like you said, those are your developmental years, you know? So, for me, I fell into all that stuff. But then when I actually got older and I was willing to learn and listen to older people who've been through the shit, people who were divorced... And people who had wisdom and lessons that I didn't have at a younger age, I'm like, oh, I've been doing this shit wrong. And, you know, necessarily it's not anyone's fault because um, with us, um, if if mom, dad, if y'all listen, I love y'all, you know, but uh, more so I look at it as, you know, you're supposed to look at what your parents do and don't do and become the better model of them. Um, Mm -hmm. One of my old mentors said, look at it as um, a new model of a car coming out every year. You know, your parents was the last model. Now you're the new model. You got some leather seats. You got the full recliner, um, uh, the top back on the car and all that stuff. But, you know, they didn't have that. So you're just learning from the mistakes and becoming better. So, you know, with me, I know for a fact I am breaking generational curses, especially when it comes to relationships, because, you know, we just didn't know. We were just focusing on the money. I mean, uh, making it happen, surviving. That's the main thing. But, you know, that, it, it took a long process for me to get to, to where I'm at. And I'm excited to see the new person I am and how I'm going to evolve, you know, especially when it comes to self-love, self-care and all that stuff. And, um, you know, preparing myself for the future and all that. But 
that's enough about me right there. So <laughs> how about you? you? You spoke a little bit about your ex and all that stuff, but um, yeah, like how, what, what was the, the thing that you had to learn about the love life from 10 years ago to now? Um, that I was in control at all times, period. Yep. My boyfriend said something to me interesting. Me, me and her were having a heated debate back and forth about who's really in control of the situations. And he's like, you know, if a, if a girl, if a woman doesn't want to have sex with me, we're not having sex. He's like, women yes. are, y'all are really in control more than you think. And I said, well, you know, women lie to us and, and twist truth from us. You are now in control because I'm thinking mm-hmm. I'm in control. I'm, I think I'm doing, making, doing behaviors and having actions and, and moving according to your truth, but I'm not moving according to your lies. And so while you mm-hmm. may look at it like women control the situation and if we don't want to do it, we won't, but men control it even more because we really go off, take your lead. I'm trusting mm-hmm. that what you're saying is true. So if you're lying to me, you're really the one in control. And it's really not me because your lies got me here. You, you gave me the false impression of control. And so for me, I had to realize like, man, I, I truly, as much as I control the people around me, like control who I bring around me and, and friendships and stuff like that, I need mm-hmm. to look at, at my relationship that way as well of how is this really, really going to help me in the long run? And what has it meant to me in these, in these past few years, like in, in you talking about a 10 year time span, I was with my ex for like off and on for seven years. And that was oh, a wow. real, I mean, it was a really long time, seven years of knowing somebody in and being around that person. Yeah. It, it's a lot. I yeah. spent the majority of the time with him and, and a few months, a few of those years with, with my, my current boyfriend. So mm. I had to, um, and I talked about this in my last episode too, of like finding my voice and I had to be comfortable standing up for myself. And I had to be comfortable when I make a decision to stand on that decision and to do it. Yes. And so with the moment I said, it, you know, in those years of just being mistreated, being cheated on, being lied to, you know, friendships fucking up because I'm just trying to hide all the hurt that I'm, I'm going through and I'm feeling because I'm embarrassed, but not mm. embarrassed enough to leave. I was like, sis, when you gonna put yourself first? Because this person right here, they not doing it. They talking that good shit. And they're controlling mm-hmm. the situation, but you're really in control, right? And yeah. so if you really took a, if you really took that and ran with it, where could you be right now? Who would you be right now? Could you, you, you might be in, you could really be in a, a happy relationship right now if you mm-hmm. really stopped playing and took control. So when I took control, I had to also take control and realize that my love life in a way was outside of my control. And I couldn't sit here and try to pinpoint a timeline in a day when I was going to be ready, number one, ready to move on. And number yeah. two, when I find this person. So all I did was focus, I had to, you know, be selfish. I had to yeah. focus on myself first, rebuild my friendship, my friendships next, and then start the healing process. And, and during that time, I wish I would have gone to therapy. I didn't. Um, mm-hmm. I, I started therapy this year, but I even told my therapist, you know, the reason I wanted to start therapy was because of my ex. And that's the one person I do not talk about in therapy, period. Yeah. I don't talk about them at all. And, and it's sad that, you know, that it even had to come to that point that yeah, yeah. a man emotionally damaged you that much to make you want to go with your therapy, you know? And you know what's so crazy? Me, I told like, him that, that was me in the past, too. Like, yeah. so that so you speaking about me. So, you know, it's all good, though. <laughs> well, Terry, let me tell you, I told you, I actually told my ex that you're, you're damaging me. And this is how damaged I was. I'm telling mm-hmm. the person doing the damage that you're damaging me. And this person is literally telling me, like, it's not that deep. 
Like, Yo, gaslighting is real. Woo! Like when you lack the emotional intelligence, like and more so with self awareness, because you don't realize that you're damaged and you're bleeding on other people mm-hmm. when you don't have that self awareness. You know, mm-hmm. and ego that plays a big role too, because you want to say, "Oh, it's not me." Point at everybody else. You letting that side of you take over and all that stuff, and it's like you're not able to hold yourself accountable because you know you see yourself in a certain light, but. You know, it's it's a process for men, and I wish that more men would go get therapy because that will help Man, them understand themselves. Truly, it truly, and I and I I, will, I won't put any of my ex's personal business out there at all. So I'll, I'll say for myself, I know yeah. our parents, like you said, they're not perfect. They're literally human beings, and, and I love that mm-hmm. that the example of you that you gave of you know an older version of a model of a car because I used to love the Nissan Altima. I drive a Nissan Altima right now. I uh, love the old Altima I gang. Love, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I love the old Altimas. I, I told myself as a kid, and this is a manifestation. When I saw Altima, I said, "That's the car I'm gonna get." When I get a yeah, nice I lot. That was that was my dream car at that right? time. <laughs> I, and when I when I got my car, I was like, I've literally been talking about a Nissan Altima. Since like I was like maybe seven or eight years old, I'm talking about the really really old ones, and so for me, I'm like you know, I'm upgrading in life. I'm trying to level up in life, and I need someone who's who's ready and willing to do that too. And sometimes that means I just used to tell my uh, myself that as I'm looking at how my parents moved and what they did, I can take bits and pieces of it, but I don't want to take all of it. I, I want mm-hmm. I want to take what they did here, where I see they could have tweaked it and, and blew that shit out the park. I want to do that for them. I yeah. want. To, I think that's what that's what I'm here to do. And then in turn, when I have my children, for them to go up and level up even further and take mm-hmm. it, just, you know, the next step beyond. And I was just like, you know, I'm with somebody who who not getting it. I'm yeah. with somebody who not seeing the picture. And and when me and my my boyfriend now, when we linked, when we got together, one of the things he said was he felt like he was crazy. He felt like you know mm. he maybe he was asking for too much. Maybe he was doing a lot. Maybe he wasn't. Um, as reasonable as he thought he was, or maybe he felt like, you know, uh, you know, whatever. He just felt like, damn, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm yeah. the problem in the relationship. And then when he met me and when I met him, we both were like, oh, now nah, we weren't crazy. Like there really was somebody out here on the same type of time I'm on. And mm-hmm. so, for, I, you know, once I got, once I found that, I was like, okay, you know, and our love even looks different from how my parents love. I was like, I like my parents. I think my parents' relationship is great. I, I'm happy for them, but I want yeah. my love to look a little, look a little bit different. And it's yep. not it's not any shade, but I have certain expectations for my boyfriend, and he and he goes above and beyond, yeah. them, right? But we also have very good communication, and we had to work on that. And that's key. And I'm ranting a little bit, but we had to talk about how we want to speak to one another because if we want to be this yin and yang. Mm-hmm. We can't be. We both can't be on the same side. We somebody got to be on the other side, checking the other person, and we have to be comfortable and ready to have those conversations and to be spoken to a little harshly. Yeah. And I, need to, and I know that it's coming from a good place. I know that I think women sometimes, even younger, when you get into these debates with guys and you argue with them a little bit, you feel like they're gonna leave you. You feel like they're gonna break up mm. with you because it's too, you're too much. You're doing. Wait, real much. quick on that though. The J Cole no name shit, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so there's some men that want the message but it has to be to their liking Woo! to their delivery and that's the ego right there fellas like if she's not cursing you out or intentionally digging to cut you then take the shit you know hearing the bad stuff about you yes it sucks but at the same time if you're in a relationship that's a partnership you're supposed to be able to make the other person better not be a slave master to the other person doing whatever the hell having them do whatever you want them to do and nothing returned. It's a partnership. You're supposed to be helping each other out to get to a higher goal or whatnot. 
So that's that's yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And if men were more in tune with their with their femininity, they would realize the real value of women. And oh, absolutely. Even the the book I mentioned, even streaming church, there was so many messages about women in our voices and how mm-hmm. our voices are often stifled. How our reason we're, we're seen as irrational. We're seen as you know. I, even people talking about, can we have a, a woman president? I don't know. She might get her period and might go crazy. I'm like, I'm sorry. We are the bearers of life. We take yep. care of home. We take care of work. We take care of you. And then on top of it, we do other things that, that are outside of, you know, the, the scope of work in momhood in wifehood. We yep. do. All, and no, no shade to some, some men. I know a lot of men. I have a lot of good male friends who go, who do that. They equally yoked in their relationship, yeah. but I know some men who are not. Who want to come home and be like, where's dinner? Who want to come mm-hmm. home and be like, damn, I had a long day, go to bed and go to sleep. But I got to be up, make sure the kids did their homework, make sure the kids are fed, make sure that they bathe, make sure they got the old rules of society, the, the patriarchy, all we're, that we're, bullshit. We're doing, we're doing away with yeah. that. We're doing yep. away with it. We're doing away. Yep. We, I don't have time for it. And that's why I tell my, my boyfriend now, like, you know, I know where we're headed. So let's have these conversations right now. We don't need to wait till we are engaged or we have our first kid and we have our first discussion of, of argument of how we want to discipline or how we want to, how do you see it? Let's talk about it right now. What are we waiting yes. for? What are we waiting for? What, are we talking about a wedding? We, we're not even engaged. What are we waiting for? Why can't I talk to you about it? Why are we, why are we hesitant to have conversations when we, until we get, like we have to have them when we reach certain levels in our lives. We don't have yeah. to wait. To, for this level to discuss something that we know eventually may come. We can talk yep. about it right now. And I am glad you you brought the conversation here, right? Because <laughs> oftentimes in relationships, we don't talk about finances. Whoa, dear. Whoa, so, dear. right, right? So just overall, right? Like for, for me, I didn't really learn about finances, right? And so I had to learn on my own and force myself so I was always preached about, like, from a very young age, security. So you got your 401k, your health insurance and all that shit. Well, actually, the health insurance should not be tied to a job. We're going to talk about that later on down another mm-hmm. uh, line. Um, just everything's so fucked up. And especially being someone that actually pays for health insurance on their own. And it's not cheap. And it's still not I'm even sure. quality stuff yet. But I'm running right there, right? So with us, we were told, you know, get the, the, get the set check. And that's about it, you know, fixed mentality. Uh, the, the fact that multiple streams of income existed, I never knew that. And I never knew how to pursue it. And when it came to, yes, go to college, I was assuming that um, that instantly guaranteed success and money. And I found that out wrong, <laughs> like the hard way, definitely. So for me, I had to really realize that money was a tool and something that really, you know, you have to save, yes, but at the same time, you got to make your money work for you. So right now, we're like with this business stuff, I'm very new to it. However, I'm seeing that, oh, there's ways to maximize my money to bring more to me. Um, I'm getting into real estate. So, you know, having different options and all that stuff. But like, what was your relationship with money? Was it seen as something that's sacred or was it something else where like more liberal? My mom's a banker. My mom okay. has been in banking for well over 20 years and 30 at this point. And so finance and financial savvy has always been a part of my life, but I'm hardheaded. I learned, my mom has always told me, Tiffany, you're going to have to learn the hard way. And that was me. It's unfortunate, but my mom was not wrong. I learned very, 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 very hard lessons with finances the hard way. I I digged real holes, real holes of debt. 
Real I had 14 Gs at one point. Okay, okay. <laughs> that shit up. But well, hold on. Let, let's talk about Willie P, how the motherfuckers was giving out free pizza for credit cards. That oh, was I forgot crazy. they were doing that. Back in the day, yes. I forgot Now, I believe that. that's illegal. But yeah. back in the day, they should got be us good. Yes. I forgot they did that. But see, I already had a credit card at that yeah. time. I already had a credit card. So I was like, oh, I don't need it. But I, yes, you're right. Right downstairs. Yep, and, and that's the and that's when we were broke too in college. Yes. And I was out here and getting and all the liquor, all the food, Woo! all the clothes. Yeah, going to Miami for spring break. <laughs> Yo, Miami. That was funded by credit. That was funded by credit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and we couldn't even afford our own room, our own bed. Yo, I ain't gonna lie. One time, it was twenty of us in one in the one suite. Oh my god, we split it. Yeah, it was real out here in Miami. You know what I mean? But we ain't gonna get to them stories right now. But, but yeah. you know, but but that's honestly, but that's just. I think, yeah, it sounds crazy. Like, damn, 20 y'all in one room. But mm-hmm. it also is an experience you had. And y'all, and y'all yeah, came down yeah. and y'all had a goal. We going to Miami. We, yeah. we just coming here to sleep. And it's, On extreme budgets. Okay. Okay. Y'all still had a good time. Um, I, didn't, I didn't start building a good relationship with money until maybe these past few years is when, yeah. I, I, when I really wanted to do it. And I, I actually, with my, in my old relationship, I was trying to do it then too. But me and me, my ex weren't really good with money like that. And good with savings, and I'm like, oh my god! So if you're not good and I'm not good, we're, it's, this is not going to be good because I I don't know what I'm doing. And so when mm-hmm. I got in this relationship, my boyfriend was like, so like, do you save? Do you this? I was like, hold on, you asking me real questions? That's a good question. Um, yeah. But the answer is like, no, I don't save at all. And so mm-hmm. you know, we spent the first year just talking about you know how we how we need to save for ourselves. And then what was saving for one another look like? And so we started talking like, you know what? If, we, if we're talking about getting married, both seem like we're both level-headed individuals. We've known each other for a year now, been dating in, in a relationship for months at that time. I think we could start considering maybe we should start saving together. And people get real yeah. scary. You saving with your boyfriend? That's not even your fiance, sis. But you mm-hmm. saving with your boyfriend? But I don't know how I feel about putting money in an account. Like, I don't know how I feel about it. And so for me... Oh, real quick, too. A little tip right there. Um, the Capital app. Uh, it's an online bank. Um, they mm-hmm. they not paying me yet, but if y'all want to pay me, I can pay me. Yes. Um, they actually have joint accounts where you put the money in, but you can only take out the money that you put in. You can't take out the whole pot. Ooh. And the good thing about that is that it'll... Uh, it has different ways for you to save money without you even um, taking much action on it. So, you know, go ahead and get that you know, right there. That's a good app for couples who not trusting. <laughs> who, yep. who, who missing a little... Uh, that's actually... I love it. And I, I yeah. told myself, too, me and my boyfriend talked about it. We were like, yo, if if this didn't work out, we, we not, I'm not a type of person that's going to sit here and pull all the money out the account. I, I don't do that kind of karma. Again, I want whatever I put out, I want to come back to me. So if I'm stealing, somebody going to steal from me. So mm-hmm. we just, just kind of was like in a conversation of that's just not how we do. That's not the type of messy people we are. So we save and we decided that once we wanted to open an account, we would open it with with United, the black owned bank. And so yeah. that's what we did. We opened our account with United. We got our car, our, our little debit black card. Black owned right there. You know, little okay. black owned things right there. And then what it encouraged me to do was save for myself. And I yeah. created my own own personal savings challenge. And, and I ended up saving thousands just in the first six months. Right, you my head. It worked. Big molar brand. Broke. Yeah, ain't broke no more. And I was like, <laughs> you know, damn, Tiff, you was able to save thousands from January to June. But what you going to do with this money? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's the, what are you saving for? And so I told myself, like, 
well, I'm saving to see how much I can save, but I still got loans. I still got other debt. And then I had a very, very, very small loan that I could pay off. And I was like, damn, but I don't want to see my savings go down. But I was like, yeah. you, know, you think about Tiff, pay that debt off. You don't ever have to pay another dollar towards interest. You're saving yourself some money in the long run. So pay it true, off. True. And so I paid yeah. off my very first loan. That's the first loan I paid off in my entire That's life. And it was just like, oh my God. And then something, so what it encouraged me to do was start to create more savings goals. So I have a capital mm-hmm. account um, right now and for, from another initiative that I'm, that I'm involved in. And I created different savings goals in there. And from then I thought to myself, you know what? I keep talking to my boyfriend about th- this future we have. We need to start saving for a wedding. Yeah. I don't know where you think the money going to come from. You're not rich and I'm not rich. So mm-hmm. we both know this about one another. I had another bank that I had tried, I had opened up an account with couple years ago and I, I hadn't been using and so it closed out on me so I just reopened it and we just agreed starting in August that money we're gonna start putting money in there for, for a future wedding things See, that's cost up. things cost and so yeah I had to change my mindset about what I needed money for I, I don't have a credit card on me my mail still goes to my parents house since I live on a college campus I like my important mail to go to my parents house and so mm-hmm. my credit card is at my parents house I haven't, yeah. I don't, I don't need it. I don't look at it. I don't touch it. I live off of cash only. And if I ain't got the money, I don't, I don't do anything. Yep, and I love crucial. that now. I love that now. I'm like, damn, Tiffany, you could have been living like this. Yeah. You never need that credit card. You had that mindset change. That's important. Definitely. Ooh. So, you know, especially if you're out there, you know, leave them credit cards alone, yes. stack up a little bit. Please. And then also one thing really embrace your natural talents. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Cause with me, for the longest, I've been doing a lot of stuff creative, creatively, creatively, whatever. I can't talk right now. Um, <laughs> graphic designs, uh, videos, and finding my voice when it comes to speaking. And I noticed that. Um, shout out to Above Our Studio. They always say, "Do what comes to you easily, and money will come." Mm. Right. So I started actually believing in myself and building that real confidence in those areas, and you know, start starting to come. You know, that abundance is coming, which I've been putting out there. So you know. Do what's easy to you, something that comes natural to you, and then you'll be able to have a return on that, definitely. But you got to make that first jump, I mean, because it's all about creating multiple streams of income. We see with this COVID shit that we cannot trust these jobs. They're getting rid of people. They're doing furloughs. They're cutting paychecks, all that stuff. So we got to get more into the entrepreneurial space a little bit. You know, you don't got to go full um, nine to five with your entrepreneurial spot, but you got to build up to it, you know, take baby steps and all that stuff. All right, so we got this segment of the show called The Karen Chronicles, right? Okay. (laughs) Let me hear about an experience, whether it's in your personal life, work life, whatever, you dealing with a Karen or a Chad. Mm. You know what's what's so interesting? I haven't, I don't have many instances of dealing with the the Karens that we see now by the Mm -hmm. way that we've known them. I fortunately don't have many experiences like that ones that i can i go back to and, and it harbors hurt and that way of like mm-hmm. they tried me um but there were moments where i've seen white people try to exert some some like awkward type of privilege um microaggressions like not even that i would say it, it's minimal things with me like things that people it, common sense things so for example i'm very petty so mm-hmm. i was on petty a gang. Wawa, gang, gang. i was in wawa in line and it was a long line and it was one cashier and there was somebody in front of me and then someone ringing up this cashier on the right said next customer line i tapped i you know, said the person in front of me hey you know do you want to go he was like no 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 you can go ahead so i turn around to go and there's karen there's, mm. there's, there's, there's a becky right there putting her stuff down looking and i said 
And I walked up and I said, you know, I think most people of color, even in those 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 moments, they seem so minor. They seem so small. We would have laughed. You know, Omi would have been like, fine, fuck it. I don't want to argue with nobody. But then I thought to myself, no, you tried it. And, and I didn't necessarily look at it like you, you did it because you're white. I think you just did it. And maybe because you just feel like you can do whatever the fuck you want because that's how y'all move. And, and yeah. I'm going to tell you another thing real quick. Sidebar. This six foot, foot six social distancing has been a freaking God sent. All right. It has they, they, they not respecting <laughs> They don't respect. Yes, it has, but they'll be respecting that shit. Mm. They don't respect boundaries. And I'm like, I felt like all my life I had to fight to tell y'all to back <laughs> the fuck up off of me. Like, what is this idea? And, but you know what? I look at it right. If they don't know how to physically give you space, that kind of translates into what they do in this world. They don't know how to give us space to be mm-hmm. just existing to be. And so in that moment, I said, you know what? I don't know what your mindset is like. I don't know how you treat people that look like me, but I'm going to tell you right now, get to the back of the line because mm-hmm. you wasn't next. I said, she said, who's next, right? Did you, were, did you look like you were next? Because I, I wasn't even next. You see that Trying to colonize your spot okay. over there stealing spices and having some bland that, ass chicken. Okay. I said, so I don't, you know, maybe next time you'll think twice before you try to cut people off because what, regardless of what your reasoning behind doing it, it just doesn't make you a, a nice person. That's just not yeah. something nice to do. Um, and so, you know, I, I got my shit rung up and I looked back and the cashier, <laughs> it was a black woman. And I love us. Let me tell you something. I love us. Because <laughs> as I'm telling, I said, were you next? Because I wasn't next. Actually, that guy right there is next. This black woman was literally, <clears throat> I said, sis, I'm going to need you to calm down back here. You ain't got to cackle. If you want to laugh, just laugh. And I rang my shit up and I look back at my sis and I look back at her like, now you can go. Now you can go. Um, mm. But I don't really, I think for me, my issues with Karens and Kens or any experiences have always been what I consider to be like the polite nastiness, nice nastiness or polite mm. racism. Yeah, it's like, what you man said. Yeah. Polite racist. Yeah, it, it's very... It's almost like, are you being racist? I'm not sure, but you know, you're saying it to me a little crazy, but you're also saying it with a smile and it sounds a little helpful, but it don't sound real helpful. It's like, I've had to deal with those types of things of trying Mm. to decipher what people are trying to say to me. And I think because of the type of person that I am, not many people try me. I think I'm a tall, I'm a tall black woman. I'm a taller black woman. Um, and now that my hair is natural. And Looks when I wear roughs my, and toughs with the with afro, afro puff. puff. Look, look, okay. I find people don't really bother me. But yeah. I, I think it's all about, it, it may be where I'm at and where I'm living, how I present myself. But I do walk around like with a don't fuck with me face. And so people really don't fuck with me. Honestly, yeah. I, I can't really think about a time. Because um, I remember you did mention this question to me the other day. And I was like, sis, do you really have a time? And that's why I think I'm ready for a Karen. And if I have a time, Taryn, trust, I'm calling, let's rerun this back. I got, I got a new example for you. Let me say I curse this bitch the fuck out. Yeah. And I actually talked about Karen's. It's funny. I talked about Karen's in my episode that came out today too, just about things that got me going like, what the fuck is happening? Because a lot of these, these wow, Karen's and too, are they're becoming dangerous. They're becoming very mm-hmm. dangerous. And as we're calling them out, as they're dropping from the workplace like flies, because some of them are resigning, okay? Get without, them the fuck out of here. Okay, get them the fuck up out of here. I worry about those people too, because I worry about their mental state. And what are they going to do? Because, mm-hmm. you know, people worry about us, but I worry about them. And so for me, it's just like, I, I, I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm happy that I haven't had to, to really exert that kind of negative energy and put it out there um but i I am worried that the day is going to come i am i am concerned and it it makes me a little nervous a little anxious i'm not gonna lie to you 
As long as you stay ready, you've been in the gym, you good. I've been running, working out get, just I in case. Her I'm ready to slap a bitch. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I told mean, my friends, so I don't get Stay ready so you don't got to get ready. Okay, I don't care if she's an 80-year-old woman. You, you play with me? You spit on me? I'm going to smack you like you're 23. Oh, that rhymed. Mm-hmm. I've been <laughs> she got the bars. 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 <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have no issue with accidentally tripping and hitting somebody with okay. an elbow on the head, you know? And I don't so, even, I'm not even a violent person. And I think what I told somebody too is the way that these Karens and Kens are behaving is making us to become like very violent people. And I don't even to make like, us be that. like them. Which is and I don't yeah. want to do it. I really mm-hmm. don't want to do it. But I'm like, in my mind, it's like, Tiff, if you aren't prepared to do what needs to be done, because guess what they are? Yeah. Top, they're always prepared to do what needs to be done. If you don't get get that mindset of being prepared to do what needs to be done, you're gonna find mm-hmm. yourself hurt. And I, yeah. and I just can't allow that. Hey, yep. Yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna send out nothing but positivity and um yeah, get vibes yeah, out yeah. there. That that happens, violent, you know. That's what we're doing out here, you know. Mm-hmm. Just don't but try definitely. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're just chilling. We just want to live mm-hmm. our life, live a black mm-hmm. ass life in peace. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean. But I appreciate you, family. Um, definitely one of my favorite people to talk to, definitely. Um, even though we don't talk like that, but, you know, it's all good. We on the same path you know to being it, successful. It's, it's like, it's how that, that saying goes with friendships of, I don't have to talk to you every day to still be connected with you. Like, when we yeah. talk, it's like we never stop talking. It's like we talked yesterday. And, yep. and that's why, I like, your, your, your friendship with me. And I appreciate you, and I love you, and I care about you. Because, like, over the years, you know, when me and Taryn went to college, we were cool. He always had jokes, though. He always had jokes about my about my I BDDs. Stay ready. And I'd be, and I'd be ready. I used to be ready to pluck him in his forehead, like you know what? You gonna stop talking about my hair? Okay, you gonna leave, yeah. gonna leave me and my BDDs alone? I'm saying back right? when I had six ways with the pushback hairline. Okay. I mean, shut up, <laughs> shut up. No, nah, but I appreciate our, our friendship. I appreciate how much it has grown and matured because that's really what it's about. And I have been feeling like. Something is coming for all of us, all the, all of us creatives. And I don't even think, I never even thought of myself as a creative. Taryn has always been behind the camera. As long as I've, I've, I've known him, he's been behind the camera. I've never been I'm behind nobody's camera. Nobody's mic. And just watching us all just come into our own creatively, it just reminds me and tells me like, man, when it comes time to really put some shit on and do, and when op- outside really open back up, like really, mm-hmm. really open back up, undefeated. Undefeated. Yeah. It's enough money out here. So, you know, we got to come together. Definitely stop with the competition, all this bullshit. And, you know, just come together because they doing it. And why can't we do it? That's the main thing. That's why I look at it. But definitely, um, please plug all your stuff and tell the people how they can reach out to you. Okay. So first things first, if you want to follow me on my personal page and get to know me, you know, myself and I, I'm at Legally Black, literally as it sounds and as it's spelled. Um, and then if you want to follow the podcast, you can follow on Instagram as well at they didn't tell you podcast. You can follow that on, on Facebook as well under the same name. They didn't tell you podcast. Um, I do have a website, www.theydidn'ttellyou.com. I have a few things on there and let me say merch. I could do a whole episode. I think me and Tanner could do a whole episode about merch. Merch is, is not as easy as it sounds. Um, to make, to create, mm-hmm. and to put not out. And all. so I really have taken a backseat because merch was giving me major anxiety. But I do have a few shirts left. You can buy a couple of mugs. They'll still get made and sent out to you. But stay tuned for new merchandise. And I've received some ideas from friends 
of, of new things that I can create. And I'm like, damn, I ain't never think of it. So please just stay tuned to my social media. Um, links in my bio for my personal page and my podcast page are the very exact same. Um, and they'll take you to my podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify. They'll take you to the playlist. I have a playlist for my podcast every week. I do a song of the week. Um, and this week's song of the she week. She got a nice little playlist. She got a nice little playlist. I ain't gonna lie. Playlist for season two. And this week's song of the week for me was uh, Blessed by Bougie Bontani. He came out with a new album. Um, so I was just rocking him this morning. Okay. All right. My boyfriend think I'm crazy. I love me, Bougie. And I say all the time, Bougie, <laughs> maybe I should have married him. Um, if, <laughs> maybe I need to just meet him one day just to be like, yo, life complete but that's all the information about me and you know i hope that you got to learn me a little bit and i hope that you'll join me over on my podcast and terrence been on my podcast as well he's actually the last interview i did i mean uh, for the season okay he helped close out my season and so i thank you Taryn, for even giving me the space to be here with you today i really appreciate it Nah, no worries at all, you know. Um, make sure y'all go ahead and rate, review, subscribe yes. on her joint. You know what I mean? Rate, review, subscribe on this joint right here. Period. Because y'all may not think that it doesn't matter, but actually that's a way to support us without coming out of your pockets. Mm-hmm. And, and numbers do matter, mm-hmm. um, especially in this day and age. And there's a lot of opportunities for creatives nowadays. So look, look, look at people out. Look us out. You know what I mean, this is a Black-owned business. Even though it's in creative, we got to think about it. It still is a Black-owned business. So, you know, go ahead and support her and her people and support me also, you know. But definitely, Tiff, appreciate you. Thank you so much. And y'all will see more of her definitely in the future. But what we're doing here at the Real Talk Session Series. But thank you for joining us, you know. And we out. Bye. Another dope episode. Shout out to Tiffany. Uh, Just a little church announcements real quick. Reminder, we are hiring at the Real Talk Session Series. I'm looking for an intern to do strategic communications. So some of their responsibilities include updating the website, putting together communication efforts on social media and via email, and just some other dope stuff. And my main thing is really making sure that these students are coming in, and I'm going to make sure that they leave better um, professionally. So definitely please spread the word to anyone that you may know who is a college student or even a recent college grad. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Real Talk Session Series and let us know your thoughts. We also have some more videos coming soon, so stay tuned. Uh, Also, please make sure you're showing us some love on the podcast, you know, rate, review, subscribe, but also hit up our social media comment on the stuff let us know what you think about these episodes because you know we want to make sure we put something out that y'all actually want to hear you know um make sure you get that merch too uh we got a little uh sale coming up hint hint so if you listen to this podcast you have the first heads up about that so stay tuned uh follow us on our social media so you stay in the know the proceeds from your support will allow us to strengthen the educational content that we're providing to communities across the country and some other endeavors that will truly uplift our people and empower them if you'd like to donate that is also an option please visit realtalksessionseries.org thank you for tuning in to the miseducation of the people proudly brought to you by the real talk session series where all we do is provide that real talk only i right, peace miseducation